0: Awesome. Well, uh, we're in the third week of our series, which is Make It Fun. And I don't know about you, but this series has been so meaningful to me. Um, It's been so good to just think about God being fun. I mean, Jesus was a fun person to be around. And it's been good to think about how God actually wants us to have fun, that there's so many verses in the Bible that that speak about this topic and, and speak about us having joy and having fun. And it's good for us as a church, right? It's good for us as a church to have fun because when we have fun, it attracts others and it helps us with our mission as a church. And so this might, might surprise you guys, but I'm actually not a life-of-the-party kind of guy. You don't look surprised. <laughs> but I want to be someone who adds fun. I want to add fun to my family. I want to add fun to others, other people around me. I want to add fun to church. And we can all work together, and we can all be people who bring some more fun. Amen. And so it's so cool that we get to actually celebrate Heritage Day together as a church, and we get to just think about where we come from, you know? Get to think about all the cultures and the traditions that that make us who we are. But you know, we we also remember that we all come from one creator, God. And our creator, God, is full of joy. He's fun-loving. And that's our heritage. That's where we come from. And so just think about... When God was, was creating the world, each day God said, It is good. He said, It is good. But think about it if God wasn't fun when He created the world, if God didn't enjoy Himself when He created the world, what would it sound like? And I found this during the week and I, I've just changed it a little bit to be a little bit more South African. But this is how Genesis 1 might have sounded. If God wasn't full of joy. And maybe if he, if he went about his work the way we do sometimes. In the beginning, it was 8.30 and so God had to pitch for work. He filled out a requisition to separate light from darkness. He considered making planets to beautify the sky and stars to beautify the night. But he thought that it sounded like too much work. And besides thought, God, that's not my job. So he decided to knock off early and call it a day. And he looked at what he'd done and he said, it'll have to do. On the second day, God separated the waters from the dry land and made the land dry, functional, flat. So that behold, the whole earth looked like the Kalahari salt pan. He thought about making mountains, valleys, jungles, glaciers, and forests, but he decided, nah, it's not worth the effort. And so God looked at what he had done, and he thought, it'll have to do. And God made a guinea fowl, a snook to swim in the sea, a cat to crawl on the ground. And God thought about making millions of other species of all shapes, sizes, and colors, but he thought, it's been a tough week. He just couldn't. So he looked at what he had made, and he said, it'll have to do. And at the end, end of the week, God was like, I'm exhausted. I'm so glad that's over. Guys, thank God that he is not like that, that he is fun, that he is full of joy. And when God created the world, we get the sense that he enjoyed it. Every day he spoke, and it was so And it brought him joy. And he said, it is good. And that's the God we serve. God is full of joy. God is actually the happiest person in the world. Did you know that? He is full of joy. And he wants his children who are made in his image to have his joy and to reflect his joy to others. Jesus is the joy bringer. Jesus brings joy into our lives. Listen to what he said to his disciples in John 15, verse 11. He said, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And so joy is a big part of God's plan for our lives. And he wants us to be filled with his joy. I want to talk today about adding joy to the journey. Is that okay? How do we add joy to our journey? How do we make our lives a little bit more fun? How amazing is it that in the Old Testament, there were these times of, of compulsory celebration? Did you know that? They were called feasts, and there were seven feasts. And so just to mention some of the feasts, there was the Feast of Passover, which was a celebration Of the time when they were in Egypt and the angel of death passed over their homes and they were rescued. That was the feast of Passover. And then there was the feast of unleavened bread, which signified the the first seven days of their journey into the desert. There was the feast of of weeks, which celebrated um, part of their harvest. And all of these feasts were like a huge party. Everyone would come around, and no matter how busy you were, no matter what mood you in, it wasn't optional. God said, you need to come together. You need to celebrate. You need to have a party. By law, you had to celebrate. Party peep is not allowed. Stop everything and celebrate. How cool is that, eh? And it makes me think that, that that's what God wants from us. God wants us to celebrate in our lives. He wants us to stop sometimes and just to celebrate. Do we celebrate our families? Do we celebrate where we live? A, it sounds like a small thing, but, but we like to celebrate where we live. We live on the west coast of beautiful South Africa. You know, we lived landlocked for many years, and it was such a gift to come to, to Maltbos and be on the coast. And so sometimes when we're driving home, Um, I'll forget to drive past the beach and Jess gives me that look, you know? Like, what are you doing? Drive past the beach. Why wouldn't you? We can celebrate where we live and we can celebrate the good things that God has given us. And so for for Israel, one of the, the calls to celebrate was in Nehemiah chapter eight. And this is such an awesome story, the story of Nehemiah. So I encourage you to go and read it uh, you can read it with your kids. You can actually download a super cool app called Superbook. Our kids love it. And uh, you can watch the story of Nehemiah. But just a bit of background to Nehemiah. And Nehemiah and the people were rebuilding the city of Jerusalem. Because the city of Jerusalem had been destroyed by their enemies. And so they were rebuilding the city of Jerusalem Jerusalem. Not only the city, but they were rebuilding their lives as well. And we read from, from Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 5. This is what it says Ezra stood on the platform in full view of all the people. When they saw him open the book, they rose to their feet. That sounds like View Church. Hey? When, we, when, we, when, we, when it comes to the preaching of the word, we stand to our feet. It's like the people realized, when they saw him open the book, they realized these are not the words of man. These are the words of God. And they were expecting for God to speak to them. And so they stood up, they shook off the cobwebs, the cobwebs, and they got their hearts ready and open to hear from God. And then it says, then Israel praised the Lord, the great God, and the people chanted, Amen, Amen, as they lifted their hands. They bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So we see that the people used their bodies to, to praise God. They, they stood. Um, they, they, they responded. They reacted to God. And I, I think they were just saying, we're all in. We're all in. Then in verse 8, they read from the book of the law of God. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. read. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest, and the teacher of the law, and Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is holy to the Lord. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Now this is significant. He said, this day is holy to the Lord. So, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I think of holy, I think of quiet, quiet. This is serious. It's holy. Shh. No talking. But that wasn't the case here. He says, don't mourn or weep. And then Nehemiah says, go and enjoy the choice food. In other words, the good food and sweet drinks. And send some to people who have nothing prepared. Because there are people who don't have. There are people who don't have friends. There are people who don't have have joy in their lives. There's people who don't have food, so go and share with them so that they can also celebrate. And again, he says, this day is holy to the Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So there were probably people there that day who, who were um, in a difficult space. There were people there that day who had, had had a tough week. They were going through a difficult time. But he doesn't say to them, Please rejoice. He says to them, Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. In other words, he's saying, Choose joy. Choose joy. He knew that the, the joy of the Lord would strengthen them. The joy of the Lord strengthens us. Amen? The joy of the Lord strengthens us. And just one practical way it does that. You know, when you're you're not having joy, you're going to look for it somewhere else. But when you're having joy, you're satisfied. And so joy actually strengthens us against temptation. This is what Paul says in Philippians 3 verse 1. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things. And I do it to safeguard your faith. He says, whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. And he says, this will safeguard your faith. So it safeguards us. What does that mean? I, when I think of safeguard, I think of when you know when you climb Lion's Head and you get to the top, and uh, there's those chains at the top. Now, I often looked at those chains and I'm like, I don't need these chains. Like, I can climb these rocks without these chains. But it's a mountain, right? There's, there's wind. And if you fall and, and, and hurt your ankle, you know, it's a long way to the, to the doctor. And so the chains safeguard you. They get you where you need to go in one piece. And you know what Paul is saying? He's saying when we rejoice in the Lord, it safeguards us. It strengthens us. It protects us. And it keeps us on the path we need to be on. And so our theme for the series, I just want to remind us, Ecclesiastes 8 verse 15. So I recommend having fun because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. That's in God's word. God recommends that we have fun. He's not saying that there's not going to be hard work. There is going to be hard work. There is going to be challenges. Things do go wrong. Things go very wrong. But he's saying that's, that's all the more reason why you need to add joy to the journey. You need to have fun. And so as we end the series, as we come to the end of the series, this is the final Sunday in this series, I want to get practical. How do we make our lives more enjoyable, more fun? And here's three things that I believe will bring more fun. Okay, are you ready? The first is generosity on your face. The second is a lightness in your heart. And the third is praise on your lips. So we're going to look at each of these. The first one, generosity on your face. I know it's so basic, but but if you want to add fun to your life, You've got to add fun to your face first. Proverbs says this. It says, a cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. So just a cheerful look can bring joy to people's hearts. That's powerful. You've heard the saying, a a smile can light up the room. Your smile lights up the room. It's not just saying you have a nice smile. What it's actually saying is a smile is contagious. And I read this this week that what happens is is when we walk into a room, our brain automatically, without us knowing, it actually picks up other people's expressions. And very often it will copy those expressions. That's why when you see someone smile, you unconsciously smile. And smiling can lift our mood. It it actually, that's how how awesome God is, the way he created us. Smiling can actually release chemicals and endorphins or whatever that that make us more happy. And so when we smile, we literally light up the room. We change our mood and the mood of others. It's a powerful tool right now. I can see all your faces and you have the power to lift me or to make me a bit worried, you know? Maybe I just need to... Get through. I know it's not normal to look happy all the time. You know, I'm not saying you have got to walk around and be plastic fantastic. Um, but if we want to have fun, it starts with our faces. What we do with our bodies affects our feelings. And this is an important truth. And we actually teach this to our kids. You know, you're on the way to the birthday party and your, your child is having a meltdown in the car. And what do you do? You say, stop, stop, stop. This is Charlotte's birthday party. It's not your birthday party. I want you to take that look off your face. Take it off your face and put your happy face on. Because this is Charlotte's birthday party. It's about her. Okay? Okay? And what happens? They do that through their tears. They, they, they fake a smile. And 10 minutes later, they're running around eating cake, enjoying themselves. So we give this advice to our kids, but you know what? The adults struggle to follow this advice. We find it difficult, but if we want to add fun to life, we need to add fun to our faces. Beyond our faces, you know, our whole body has an effect on our feelings. Our whole body can affect our feelings. That's why the Bible teaches us to stand. That's why the Bible teaches us to clap our hands, to to lift our hands, to lift our heads. Because it does something for us. Because when we're having a bad week, when we've had a rough morning, and we get to church, and and we're obedient to God, and we clap our hands, and we praise Him, do you know what? It does something for us. It starts to affect, it starts to lead our feelings. All right, the second thing is we need lightness in our hearts. We need to lighten up. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 12, verse 34. He said, Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. So Jesus said, and I want to focus on this part of the verse that talks about the anxieties of life. Jesus knew that the anxieties of life can weigh us down. That it can be heavy sometimes. Life can be heavy. And he warns us. And when when, when our hearts are weighed down, what happens? We're we're not really that much fun to be around. And so we need to lighten things up sometimes. So I was thinking about this. You know, I coached an under-12 soccer team. And no kidding, one of the boys on our team had one leg. He had one leg... And he had two short arms. And on the end of each arm, there were two little fingers. But this boy loved soccer. He loved it. He was all in. And so he had a prosthetic leg. And he was actually really good. He he had worked everything out. He would lean on the prosthetic leg. And then he would use his his real leg to whack that ball. And he was good. He would go in for the tackles. And you know, nobody wants to be the the guy who, who tackles somebody with one leg. So he had free reign on the field. He would score goals, win matches. And he was awesome. But you know what I, what I loved most about him? He never let his disability weigh down his heart. He made a choice that he was going to make. His attitude was going to be, I'm going I'm to give this everything. I'm going to have fun. And you know, life can be full of challenges, but sometimes we need to just make a choice that we are going to keep things light. We are, we, we, we're not going to allow these things to weigh us down. I love this verse in Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. And I believe this is for someone today. So I want you to listen up. Jesus tells us how we can lighten our hearts. He says, don't worry about anything. That sounds difficult, eh? Don't worry about anything. Just, because worry We all go there, but actually it achieves nothing. It just keeps us awake and it weighs us down. Okay, this wasn't Jesus. This was was Paul, but you, you know what I'm saying. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so he's, he's, he's giving us a picture of what it means to live a light life, to live a joyful life, because we all have stresses. But he's saying, don't worry about anything, but lift those things to God. And I love that definition, that prayer is simply lifting your thoughts and your feelings to God. That's what it is. And we need to learn to do that, to lift our thoughts and our feelings to God, to leave them with him because he cares for us and to have a lightness in our hearts. Amen. And then the third way that we can add joy to the journey is by having praise on our lips. Praise on our lips. So we need to have generous faces. We need to keep our hearts light. And we need to have praise on our lips. What is praise? Praise is drawing attention to the greatness and the goodness of God. They say it's different from worship. Worship is responding to God, responding to God. But, but praise is, is declaring, it's, it's drawing attention to God's greatness and His goodness. And I believe we, we, we need more praise in our lives. Praise can get, no, can get noisy. Psalm 100 says, shout to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. There we go. You know, Isaiah 61 specifically talks about, a, about receiving a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. So we can do that. We don't only have to wait for church on Sunday morning, but we can make that our habit every day just to stop and just to say, God, thank you. Thank you for my blessings. Thank you that you're so good to me. I just praise you, Lord. Praise magnifies God. Psalm 34 verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt in his name together. And when we praise, it actually makes God bigger in our hearts and in our minds. When we don't praise, what happens is our problems get bigger. But when we praise, we realize how big and how great God has been in our lives. You know, life can be so fast-paced, and sometimes we're just moving on to the next thing, and we're not stopping and just reflecting on God's goodness. Um, you're wondering what this is for. In Zambia, life would often get very busy. I know that some people think we're, we're just, you know, um, on a boat on the Zambezi, fishing, fishing, But that wasn't the case. Life would get busy. There were so many churches, and we had to constantly drive long distances, visit churches, um, encourage them, deal with difficult things. And life was busy. We would sometimes go on these trips where we would visit about 10 or 11 churches in five days, and you could drive from morning to night. It was hectic, grueling driving. And we would get to a church, and you would jump out, and you would greet all the people, you would encourage them, have meetings, and then jump back in the car and drive like a maniac to the next church. And this would go on for days. And we'd get busy. And you know, our, our project leader, um, he felt like God had spoken to him and said, you need to build in some fun. You need to pace yourself. You need to, to have some fun together. And so what he did was he invested in a coffee box. Okay, this is my coffee box. And in his coffee box, there was a, a gas burner. Um, there was a coffee maker. And there was also some, some really big cups, okay? And what we would do is every three or four hours, we, we pulled over. It was like mandatory, compulsory. Okay, it's time. Pull over. Uh, sit on a chair. Pull out the, the, the coffee stuff. And just make coffee in the middle of the bush. i got to tell you, coffee in the middle of the bush... This was the best coffee ever. And we'd watch that, 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 that kettle boil. And we would just talk and we'd just enjoy each other's company. We'd have some fun, some laughs. And then we would talk about what we saw God do. We'd talk about the church we just visited. How good is God? God is so good. He has so many good things in store for us. I think it's not just in the bush, but I think it's in life. We, we have to build in these moments We have to intentionally stop and have coffee box moments. We have to stop and just reflect on all of God's blessings and just enjoy those blessings. Just enjoy the people that God's put in our lives. And we need to make sure that His praise is on our lips, that we're praising Him and thanking Him for all He's done. Can you receive that this morning? So church, I believe that if we do these things, If we have generosity on our faces, if we have lightness in our hearts, and if if we have His praise on our lips, that we will add fun, that we will add joy to the journey. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So can I ask you to stand? Right now, just allow His praise to be on your lips. Make a decision this morning. We're going to exchange the garment of praise. the the spirit of heaviness. You know what I mean? And then we're going to have a garment of praise. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. We praise you, Lord. We just lift our voices to you. And Lord, we worship you today. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, because you are sovereign, Lord. You created everything. And yet, Lord, we are so special in your sight. And Lord, we just thank you for your blessings. We thank you for for our families. Lord, we thank you for this church Lord thank you that that we can have a relationship with you and that we can be part of an awesome church family and Lord I pray that you would help us Lord to to put into practice everything we've learned in this series Lord help us to prioritize having fun and celebrating help us to to have generous faces light hearts and to have your praise on our lips in Jesus name and this morning I just want to pray for anybody this morning who might be feeling like it's difficult to praise. You might be feeling like you have heaviness in your heart. And this morning, I'd like to trust God together with you, that God will help you to lift that to Him, and that He will replace that with a light heart this morning, a spirit of praise. Lord, I just commit, if that's you, can I just ask you to raise your hands this morning? Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for each person. And Lord, I just pray, Lord God, that you would help them, Lord God, to lift their burdens to you because you care for them. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you would give them your peace, that you would fill them with your joy, and that you would bring lightness into their lives. In Jesus' name. Just before we finish this morning, maybe you're here this morning and you haven't yet entered into a relationship with God. This morning, you can take that step. Jesus wants to come into your life. He wants to bring forgiveness. He wants to give you a fresh start. He wants to bring His, His joy and His plan into your life. And if that's you this morning, can I ask you just to raise your hand so I, so I can pray for you? Lord, we just thank you this morning, Lord, for your joy. And we thank you for your goodness in our lives. We give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen.